0: you are locked on indians your daily cleveland indians podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hello everyone and welcome to locked on indians i'm your host jeff ellis formerly 24 7 formerly of Lock, well no currently of locked on formerly of scout and many a cleveland sports blog Sorry that it got a little off last week, for lack of a better term. For those who do not follow me on Twitter, uh, my son came. So it's good news. Everyone's happy and healthy. I recorded an episode for Thursday. For some reason, I did not hit for it to post, so it posted on Friday. Hence, the delay and all that information and why a show that sounded like it was for Thursday appeared on Friday. Uh, After that, uh, none of my co-hosts were available to kind of jump up and do a show in that window. So I'm going to record... For Monday. There is no game Monday. So I'm going to take that off. Uh, just, you know, we have had 19 episodes this month and I have a baby. So get off my back. I'm kidding. You guys and gals out there know that. I mean that very jokingly. We'll talk about this series. We'll, of course, talk about Karen Chalk uh, because it's hard not to. Let's be honest. Uh, and maybe we start there. So he is probably a name that's on a lot of people's lips. I had some people rushing to defend him. I thought it was a little bit weird and talk about. Because, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit blistering in my take on him after the game on Friday. And my rational reason for this is I see a lot of people being like, we need to send him to AAA and figure it out like Tristan McKenzie. Tristan McKenzie had always had excellent control numbers, low walk rates, uh, strong command and control throughout the minors. That was his game. That was his bag. And then he was leading the majors in walks, and it didn't make sense. That's something you can straighten out. What you can't straighten out is a guy who went from a mediocre relief prospect to one of the best relievers in baseball because he was using Spider Tack. Uh, Zach Meisel had a very nice piece on this over on The Athletic. Uh, you know, he takes the point of view for someone who he has to take. He can't sit there and, you know, he does make one of his three arbitrary endpoints when foreign substances were banned, but he also has to have a working community relationship with these players and he can't come out and say, well, he cheated. Uh, I mean, the rest of us can. I, I'm never going to interact with James chalk. I'm just not going to. I have no interest or desire uh, to do so. And, th- you know, this is nothing against him personally, but I can sit there and look at it. And you can find the videos of him very clearly applying substances from his glove. He was very willing to cheat the system. He was very willing to sit there and try to find a way to take advantage of rules and try to find a way that benefited him. And he did. And again, it, at the time before he was using illegal substances, item related below Cam Hill for relief prospects and system. He was an interesting guy, but there's a reason why he got full slot in the 10th round, which is not a huge amount of money. Yes, he went to Bryant, which is a small school, but he also just had, he was a starter there, but he had massive control issues. And even working through the minors, you know, it's like walk rates, uh, in the minor leagues over five or six at almost every single stop. Uh, and then, and that's, I mean, so it's 2017 and 2018 is essentially what we're getting at and he's missing bats. This is true, but it's like 12, you know, but the walk rate is up there and the numbers are good, but he is old relative to level, which is important to point out. And he is walking too many guys. Then, you know, you go to the 2019 year, and 22 strikeouts per nine, five walk per nine. Like, it is a big jump. I mean, the strikeouts per nine is unbelievable. I mean, he was completely unhittable. It's the leap as such. Like, and you go into the data, and we've talked about before in the show, he cheated. Like, we don't have to go out of our way to prove he cheated because the spin rate drop is there. And Velocity has stayed the same, but is a lot easier to pick up. He doesn't tunnel those pitches as well. He took advantage of it. What was a broken system, and you know, it's the whole defense of steroid use. Like well everyone was doing it uh, for the '90s, it could be his defense now. He's never going to say he was using spider tech. You can just say type James Chalk, uh foreign substance glove video. You'll see it. I mean, it's it's impossible to cover up the fact that this was occurring. It, it was he was blatant with it. This there wasn't even really an attempt to hide it. Uh, so now he is in AAA, and I did want to give some credit. I thought this was a really stellar tweet that kind of summed it up. Summed it up from at MLBNerds. Nerds. Since the substance crackdown, he has thrown 22.2 innings. He's a 4.76 ERA, a 5.06 FIP, a 5.02 xFIP, a 49 Sierra, a 26.3 uh, CSW, and a K to walk ratio K to walk percentage of 6.9% and a negative 0.4 FWAR. He essentially went from a top five reliever in baseball to one of the worst relievers in baseball. And while that might seem like how much can spider tack help, uh, some of it probably is mental. I mean, I think he has it in him to be around an average reliever, not like the worst reliever, but to be an average reliever. I think that is something that he could do but I don't think he's going to get to where he was, and I think anyone who thinks that it's just as simple as sending him down to AAA to figure it out is off. Now, I'm not saying cut him, because, again, I think he can get back to being average, and the future in this bullpen, you got Class A in the ninth. Nick Sandlin has not stayed healthy so far pretty much since he's been drafted. He, pitched, he was overused in college, went to one of those colleges that's known for kind of pitcher abuse to a degree, and he's not been able to hold up so far. There's not a lot of guys I think you're... I mean, Kyle Nelson was supposed to be one of that group, and he hasn't stayed healthy. Maybe you hope it's Mejia. Uh, there's some other players. You know, uh, Miklo Jack had a, a rough night on Sunday evening. Uh, but there are some other players you're hoping will step up and come through. But right now, I just... Karen Chalk, again, you caught him. There's enough there that I would still like to see if maybe, again, he can get back to above average, to slightly above average. But I just don't see him ever approaching what he once was. Let's take a quick commercial break and come back and talk about this past series against the Red Sox. Does this sound familiar? you got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite show. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all your entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, it brings your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about Direct TV. You can learn more at DirectTV.com. That's DirectTV.com. Compatible Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So I'll I'll avoid any joke right there at the end. And let's talk about the joke that was this series. Arg. I mean, hard, right? So let's just dive in. Friday's game. Uh, Logan Allen had maybe the best start of his Major League career. Uh, Definitely his best start uh, since he's become an Indian. Six innings, one hit, one run, five strikeouts. What more can you want? Uh, Cleveland born Alex Young, I keep wanting to say Albert. Alex Young comes in, throws an innings pitch, throws an innings pitched. He pitches an inning, one strikeout. Great job. Karen Chuck, I believe, goes single, double, home run, uh, and loses the game, blown save five. Now, if you had just gotten single, home run, uh, then the game would have been tied. No, so I was gonna make fun of holds here, but it doesn't matter. Blake Parker, two innings, one walk, one strikeout. He's great. Uh, offensively, Jose Ramirez hits his thirtieth. Yu Chen Chang goes yard again for his sixth. Uh, who reached base twice in this one? Well, Jose Ramirez goes three for four. Franmo Reyes has two walks in a strikeout. As a matter of fact, he is the only walks in the game for the Indians. Uh, two hits by Bradley Zimmer, who maybe he's just going to be streaky. We'll see. And then that's it. Uh, your three stars of the game, Logan Allen and Jose Ramirez are the easy ones. Uh, if Yu Chen Chang had another hit, I would strongly consider him. But you got to go for Emil Reyes. He reached base three out of four opportunities. That's a net win for your team. Blake Parker probably was my next guy up. Let's let's just add the box score opportunities for Boston. They had three hits, three walks. So that's six plus a hit batter, seven opportunities. They got four runs on seven opportunities. That's ridiculous, and that's why the Indians lost because I again. Leading up until that point, in this game, there had been one hit. And it wasn't a single. It was walk, double, home run. It was a one-hitter going into the, and why, I have no, why were they, it's crazy to me that, and I know I'm using that phrase too much, Karen Chalk in the eighth. Like, if you are that close to like, hey, we should just demote this guy because he can't figure it out, why are you still using him in high leverage situations? It's dumb. (laughs) He's been one of the worst relievers in baseball. It made zero sense. This is the time where you sit there and you pull the guy out and you don't use him in those situations. You put him in a better situation than a two-run lead in the eighth inning. They had allowed one hit. Karen Chakalow allows two. The Indians lose this game. Three runs on six opportunities is ridiculous. The Indians had eight hits plus two walks, so 10, plus the error on the other side, 11 opportunities. They got three runs. They got four on six. You almost never see that higher percentage. Uh, I mean, this one, you can put this game squarely on Karen Chock. I'm sorry. It's one of those where it is uh, his ineffectiveness is completely why they lost this one. If there's a secondary reason. It's management. And why he was in there in that situation is just unconscionable. Unconscionable. Uh, I can't say the word. You know what I'm getting at. Let's jump to the next bullpen blowing. Uh, can you tell in my voice? Quantrell, seven innings, six hits, one earned run, two walks, six strikeouts. Gives up two total, only one earned. Another song, seller performance. Uh, I'll save a tweet from Nathan Kinsley, uh, who's we've mentioned previously on the show. Uh, I don't have my Twitter open right now, or tell you where to go follow him. I, but we'll definitely tell you that later in the week. But just you compare him to like Snell, uh, and, and we'll go into the whole details more. But he made a great point. It's like Snell, Musgrove, you uh, uh, Darvish, Kyle Contrail. Guess who's got the highest reward this year? Like if there was a second half, Cy Young, if we split it into halves, he would be. He might be the candidate, like the number one candidate in the American League. That's how good he has been. But he's got you know the the old days of uh, judging a guy just based on pitcher wins. Quantrell should be the story against that, right? He's got four wins this year. How many times has bullpen blown it? Uh, and this is another one. It's just... Uh, so, let's get to the good. Fran Mel Reyes, another two hits and a walk. Uh, you have Bradley Zimmer with a hit and two walks. Two hits by Bobby Bradley and his return to the big leagues. Two hits by Oscar Mercado. And a hit and a walk for Jimenez in this one. Weird to see Hedges batting seventh as well. I don't... <laughs> There are things they do that just make me go, why? Ugh. I really hope the next manager is, like, younger than me. Like, I'm 40. I want them to get someone who's going to be flexible and, like, think about things a little bit more than, like, left hand versus right hand, or this is how we do it, or speed at the top. Like, just actually using some of the new and advanced thoughts that aren't even new or advanced anymore. If I know about it, it's not that new or advanced. I am not at the cutting edge of baseball. That's just the truth. So on top of, uh, we talked about Bradley Zimmer also got hit by a pitch, so he actually had four times he reached base, and an intentional walk to Jose Ramirez as well, so he reached base twice in this one. Is uh, Boston had 12 hits. They scattered 12 hits and two walks and an error on Cleveland, so that gives them 18 opportunities. Cleveland had nine hits, five walks, uh, so that gives you 14, plus those two, the hit batter and the intentional walk, gets you to 16 opportunities. Uh, Boston had more chances, and they scored more runs. This one went to the 10th, and they got three in the 10th. The Indians got one. It's crazy that for all of those base runners, each team only had two runs through nine innings. Uh, That's – and so Quantrell – and, yeah, you can make the case here about Whitgren blowing it. At the same time, it's not like – Quantrell pitched a great game. I don't want anyone to think anything other than that. He was not – this wasn't a blown save opportunity for people. It was a tie game because the Indians couldn't play to anything, even though they actually made, got on base quite a bit. Uh, it just stinks. Uh, Shaw, one inning, two hits, a strikeout. Class A, one inning, one hit, one strikeout. Uh, Young came in for Whitgrin. Whitgrin was just, you know, you got the runner starting on base already. He also gave up two hits. So it's two earned runs, you know, the home run, uh, three total runs across, uh, Alex Young comes and cleans it up for him. Oh, another strong game in the pits. Quantrell, one of your stars. That's that's rather easy. You have to give it to Bradley Zimmer. He, re- he reached base four times. That's the highest anyone to reach a base. Uh, Fran Mel Reyes gets a third one. He had two hits and a walk. One of those hits was his 24th home run. Uh, and he had a double, and so did Zimmer. Rather easy to pull those one out. But again, this is like... Remember at the start of the year when all the talk was, oh, the bullpen's carrying this team. The bullpen's carrying this team. The Indians have maybe the best bullpen in baseball. Uh, that's two games the Indians' bullpen cost. Them. That's how quick things can implode. Because Sandlin's hurt. Because Karen Schock can't use sticky stuff. Because there were some players that were clearly playing over their head. And the bullpen, honestly, uh, like I said, I would love to see them actually just put Mejia back there, put Henches back there. Let's see if any of these guys can raise to that rise to that position. Because otherwise, they might need to consider like bringing back Blake Parker, re-signing Brian Shaw. They might need to consider uh, going out into the market because it's a weak market, and their bullpen right now is not good. Uh, I would love to see them try a few of these arms out there that do not look like starters so we have a, a better idea about what's going on. Let's talk about the win now. Let's dive into Sunday's game. Uh, Eli Morgan goes three innings. He's been falling off a little bit. He's making it a lot easier to make him that six-slash-swing guy. There are worse things than having six starters with your six guy being more of a borderline major leaguer. This team should not look to or consider trading any starting pitching this offseason. They don't have it to trade. Uh, Garza had been better of late. Stefan had been better of late. Parker had been better of late. Not in this one. All of them gave up an earned run. Uh, Garza, uh, one inning, two hits, two walks, three strikeouts. Uh, Stefan goes two innings, so he's the best of this group here with the one run, one walk, five strikeouts. That's pretty good, five out of six by the strikeout. Shaw, a Parker, two hits, one earned run uh, on a home run and a strikeout. Uh, Shaw picks up the win, one uh, blank inning, nothing happened. Class A saved number 19. He had a strikeout in his. He had three hit batters. A lot of people got hit in this one. Uh, Straw had his 22nd stolen base. Zimmer had his 12th. Who reached base twice in this one? Well, just go down the line. Straw had a hit and a walk. You had two hits and a walk by Jose. Uh Mill, did he get hit? I think he might've gotten hit, right? Yeah, he did, so he reached base twice due to the hit. He can t- he reached base twice in every single game in this series. Uh, go down the line, who else? Is that it? I think that might be it, because there's only four walks, but you always have to do the double check, because all the hit batters know. Zimmer was the other guy who got plunked, uh, and he didn't have a hit or a walk. So that makes it rather easy. Uh, players of the game, I'm always loathe to give it to a reliever. I, I think Jose Ramirez going two for three and a walk is a rather easy one. Has home run 31 and double 27 in this one. I don't know, like Hedges having a home run, uh, just because when he had it, you know, it's one of those that helped push things away a little bit. Chen Chang had a big, uh, you know, he, was, he came in a pinch hit in the game and also had a, a nice uh, double for the Indians. Uh, three stars. It's interesting in a game like this. Okay, Jose Ramirez, just put it there. That That's an easy one. Miles Straw, because, you know, he's always good for defense, and he reached base twice and had the stolen base. And then let's give it to Class A for picking up the save and continuing to be ERA down to 144. See, Jimenez was the other walk, so no, he didn't reach base twice. But if you combine second base, they had the hit batter and they had a hit. Uh, Comparing box scores, opportunities. The Indians had eight hits, four walks, and three hit batters, so they had 15 opportunities, and they got seven runs on that. Boston had nine hits and four walks, so they had 14 opportunities, and only got five runs. The Indians did have more opportunities, and I mean the story in this one is they came back. They're down four nothing early. Uh, they get three in the sixth, one in the seventh, three in the eighth. Good on them for not giving up after what had been a crappy weekend. Let's be honest. To get back to five hundred, I feel like this is a team that's just going to stick around there all year. Uh, it is interesting in the perspective of like what we know we have, what we think we have, and what we might have. Like we know we have a DH, we know we have a third baseman, we know we have a center fielder. We know we have a med Rosario, but we're not sure what he is. We might have a first baseman. We might have catchers. We might have corner outfielders. We have a closer. We don't know beyond that. We have a rotation. Hopefully, we'll get to see some of those pieces that we have not seen in a while. It sounds like Bieber is getting closer, but still pretty far away, and Savali is in front of him. Let's take another quick break here. For sponsors, come back and talk about the Kansas City series that is on the horizon. Well, normally, this is the part in the show where I'd go tell you what the betonline.ag uh, line for the cleveland indians is but the cleveland indians don't play on monday so we can't go look at that but let's still go over to betonline.ag take a look about what's going on uh you can get a big welcome bonus right now when you sign up and bet on the jake paul versus tyrone woodley match i know nothing about said match so i can't talk to you much but i, I see multi-hand blackjack spin to win american roulette mystic grounds all in their popular casino area they have an app they have props and lines and everything you can imagine over at betonline.ag. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50, 50% bonus on your first deposit. That is betonline.ag. Remember that promo code is LOCKEDON. Built Bar. I love Built Bar. And that's about enough, uh, right, without risking anything. But... Uh, Built Bar is just a company I love. It is a product I enjoy. It's a product I use. It is a product I buy with my own money. And what is going on right now for BuiltBar.com? Raspberry cheesecake is what is going on. What is the current flavor? Uh, They do have some like coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, and orange and strawberry. They're not always there. But the flavor of the moment moment is raspberry cheesecake. And if you like cheesecake, this is the one for you. 140 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. You can go help yourself to a box over at BuiltBar.com. Remember, you want the promo code LOCKED15 to get that good discount over at BuiltBar.com. And it's a product I love. It is a product I use. It is a product I use my own money to buy. Check it out for yourself. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. So a lot of people, when we did our previews before the season began, were telling me why the Royals were going to pass Cleveland in terms of, you know, position in the standings. That has not happened. As of now, the Royals are slotted to pick ninth in the draft. The Tigers passed them. Instead of the Royals moving up, they are further down in the, pros- in the ranks. I mean, they started the rebuild at the same time as a lot of these other teams. It's just not been very successful, let's be honest. And this was supposed to be their break forward year. Yeah, they're not drafting quite as high, but they're still drafting in the top 10 in a division that features one team over 500 consistently. This is a year to take a step forward to be able to do that, and they have not. They they have done the opposite of that. So let's let's do our position by position rundown. Let's talk about what has gone right, what has gone wrong, for the Kansas City Royals. Catcher versus catcher. Uh, this is a little bit of a you know a situation where do we really need to talk about? Advantage Kansas City. Uh, Salvi's been great. I still don't understand it. He's a, like he's the guy. When we complain about when I sit there and you want to get mad at me uh, for crapping on some of the Indians' prospects, the guy who. Now, Salvi hits for power. That is a bit different than some of these prospects in the Indian system. But he doesn't walk. He doesn't strike out. He strikes out enough. But he he should not be as good as he's been. But he, he just continues to do it. So kudos to him. I've been wrong on him for his entire career. That's one of my misses. Moving on to first base, Uh, the person who's played mostly first base for them over the past week is not Carlos Santana. It has been Hunter Dozier, uh, who is listed as a right fielder in some places. Santana has been hurt, so let's talk about when we look at our comparison at first base uh, over the course of this year. Hunter Dozier has been, uh, man, uh, let's see, uh, not good. And they give him that contract to a 72 runs, create a plus, negative 0.6 war. Yeah, it has not been solid. Bobby Bradley, Indians, advantage. Uh, He's at least not been a negative value asset in three derivations below league average. It makes it a rather easy situation to talk about. Uh, If Carlos Santana was there, things might be different. A healthy Santana, we're going to consider him the DH. Should we just jump to DH? That's going out of order. We can jump to DH. Carlos Santana is a 94 runs created plus. The second half has not been kind to him. He's been unable to stay healthy. A .7 war for him this season, so he's at least a positive value. I might still, you know, 13% walk rate, 5% K rate, 17 home runs. I might still take him over Bobby Bradley. He's a better defender, even though his value this year isn't as high. He has dealt with injuries. But right now, who has played for them first for the last week? It's been Dozier. Dozier's the guy. For counting Santana, he's played one game at DH, and when did that happen, yeah, so he was activated for Friday, did not, no, he did not play Saturday or Sunday, because he's injured, so he won't even count for DH, uh, have they done the roster move, no, so who knows, but uh, either way, first base, of Indians, moving to second base, Whit Merrifield has been a man of fire, uh, every time i think he's going to cap out cuz he's another guy like those Indians guys i've talked about many times where i think you know he can't keep doing this forever he just can't he just keeps doing it forever now they still missed the boat by not trading him for peak value uh, if it was right now they could have had it's the same thing with Jorge Solar who they got very little value for cuz they moved too late on him uh, i don't think they're well run i'll just put it there and we can move on but advantage kansas city shortstop nicky lopez has played well now this is one of those where I can go back. and be like, You found, you know, before it was purged from Scout, my top ten Kansas City Royals prospects. He was number two. That's when everyone was on, uh, say, Lewis, the outfielder who hit, you know, every home run in the world that year. And it's like, Lopez is just steady. He's solid. He's played really well for them this year. And you know, one hundred runs created plus a ten point three defensive value. He runs well. He defends well. He is at least a league average shortstop, and in a league that is always looking for shortstops, that is a big value. He's incredibly valuable. Could be an interesting trade asset. Like if you are the Royals, you're hoping Witt at some point next year. Uh, Mondesi can't stay healthy. He's a really interesting player, but he's only played in ten games this year, thirty-eight plate appearances. Uh, He would be a trade value if he could ever be healthy. But and Lopez is 26. He could be something, someone they consider moving. But that right now, like Ahmed Rosario was a little bit below league average, and he's not as good of a defender. So that's advantage Kansas City. Kansas City's up two spots already. Third base, Manuel Rivera's played better of late. Uh, advantage Cleveland. We can just move on. Uh, one point advantage for Cleveland. Uh, moving into things, DH. If you want to count Santana or Ryan O'Hare, and it's advantage Indians. That is all tied up right now as we head into some other uh, positional situations. Left field, Andrew Benintendi, Ohio's own Andrew Benintendi, might I add, often gets forgotten as he went to University of Illinois. Now, I always like to go and look and see who has actually played the most games in center. This week for the Indians, that has been Daniel Johnson, uh, who is actually playing kind of okay out there uh, when you go and you dig into the numbers. He's not necessarily, like, excelling, but in the last few weeks, he's been, like, the last seven-day value over on the roster resources is a 190. I'm never quite sure how they calculate that. It's not, like, the best uh, stat to use or, like, throw out there in defense or something, but it's also not the worst, and there's some value in just, uh, you know, being in a top 200 in that. Uh, but Benintendi's been in the top 200 all year, so <laughs> advantage to the Royals. Moving into center field, Michael A. Taylor has played pretty well this year. Miles Straw is a Gold Glove candidate who's played better. Advantage, Indians. Uh, so, man, I'm kind of losing it. So we went catcher to first base, tied. Second base, shortstop, them 1-2-1. One, one. So it's a one-point lead heading into right field. Bradley Zimmer versus for the Kansas City, their primary right fielder. Has bounced around. Uh, it's listed as Hunter Dozier here, but as we talked about, he's been their first baseman. Their primary right fielder has been Ryan O'Hearn, who has not been good. They've also had a lot of games from like Olivier, Edward Olivio out there, or Edward. I'm sorry, Edward Olivares, who uh, who was a machine this year in the lower minors. If you missed out, he's like the top performing center fielder across all the upper levels of the big leagues. I talked about his name briefly on that show where I talked about how Benson and some other guys are playing. Uh, looking at this, its I mean, technically, this is that situation where if Santana is the DH, then O'Hearn is the right fielder. Uh, O'Hearn has been pretty bad. Uh, there's no nice way to put it. He has not performed well in any facet of the game. Uh, throughout his career, you're looking at a guy who's a 86 runs created and he's supposed to be an offensive player. He's got negative defensive values. Always oh, interesting. He's like the Indians' version of outfielders, except for he's not as good as Bradley Zimmer. Uh, so we could be stuck with someone like this. Look at it that way. Advantage Indians. Weirdly enough, and this is not just because of my Bradley Zimmer uh, needing to defend a position where I've dug in. He he did okay last series. He wasn't great, but again, I stand that he's a good fourth outfielder on a good team. I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's more than that. I will stand by my. Uh, depiction of him as a good fourth outfielder on a good team. That has us tied up, right? Catcher at first base, balances out third base and center, balances out the two infields, the two corners balance out. Indians gain the advantage of DH that uh, Santana, whoever, doesn't matter, Fran Mills better. In terms of the rotation, Kansas City's might be a little bit better than you think. Not to say it's been spectacular or even necessarily good. But they've gotten some performance overall out of there. They've got a few players. Brady Singer's up to 2 war, Mike Minor a 1.9. X FIP, well, you know, I don't like X FIP. The FIP for Singer's at 379, 438 for Minor. Carlos Hernandez at 377. Uh, you yeah, know, you can keep pulling names and digging stuff out. Uh, but in this series, so matchup one, police act versus Minor. When I look at what Miner has done this year, and I look at what Pleissack has done, I consider that pretty much toss-up starting matchup. Uh, the next matchup, Henches versus Bubich. Uh, why can't I, Bubich is down here at a five? You know he's not been good. He's got a negative war. Uh, Henches is not been good either. Uh, I don't know if he's quite negative war. That should be actually advantage Indians. And then Logan Allen, Carlos Hernandez, we talked about. That's that, I don't trust Logan Allen. Carlos Hernandez has uh, pitched better than one might think. Uh, he's not the biggest name in that rotation, but through his seven starts, 64 innings, 377 FIP, 362 ERA, 434 XFIP, almost up to one win in seven starts. That is advantage Kansas City. So still, two of the three, it, it's almost like push, push, advantage Kansas City, the pitching rotation. But the way it sets up for this series is a push overall, no real advantage. In my mind, it's not great. The Indians, uh, Quantrell isn't pitching in this one, McKenzie's hurt. It's just not ideal. It's not set up to be the best situation for Cleveland. Uh, Moving to the bullpen, we've discussed the Indians' issues where Class A is great. The rest of it, uh, you know, depends on the day of the week. Scott Barlow has been really strong, though he's had uh, not as strong of late. Josh is, uh was never big on the Stalmont bandwagon, but he has pitched better over the course of this year, I believe, if I go dig into the numbers. Uh, yeah, he's worth .6 worth, 379 FIP. Uh, still walk. He's only walking 10% of his batters. That is not bad for him at all. Good for him. But the bullpen, you look, Barlow's been strong. Stalmont's been strong. Advantage Kansas City. Kansas City has the better bullpen right now. So overall, this whole series is a push. I could see it going either way. If I am just looking at these games in a situation, I kind of like the overall talent on Cleveland a little bit better in spite of uh, just the positional stuff. So I would favor them in game one and game two, and I would favor Kansas City in game three. If I was someone in like, okay, you have to bet on these games, and I just have to pick them, winner, no lines or anything like that, I'm going Cleveland, Cleveland, Kansas City. I've been Jeff Ellis. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Remember to rate and review, download daily. That really helps our show grow. We're so close to breaking the top 100 podcasts in terms of baseball on Apple uh, on iTunes. So please, please, please do your part by downloading, reviewing, getting some other friend to download and listen as well. Thank you again. I have been Jeff Ellis. Uh, I can also say for my newborn Nathaniel, for the next year, go Tribe. And after that, go, go, Guardians, go.